Welcome to Salem First Assembly Podcast. May this week's message by Pastor Brian D. Corkin be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's Word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be. It is a wonderful, wonderful thing to be able to be with Christmas and um, to celebrate Christmas. It's a, it's a great thing. How many, how many of you... Um, would say that when it comes to peace, peace, you don't always have peace. Hmm? Uh, maybe I'm talking to the person next to you. Just nudge him a little bit and say, listen to this. I think he's talking to you. <laughs> um, does anybody know my glasses are? Oh, thank you so much. Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, um, I need one more thing. If someone could help me, maybe um, my clicker is not here. So, um, Lord, let's just pray that the Lord would drop down a clicker. You know? Oh, wait, wait. Here comes an angel from above, flying with wings. Oh. Thus says the Lord. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I want to take you on a journey today. Thank God for angels. I want to thank you. I want to take you on a journey today. Talking about God with us, Emmanuel brings us peace. We live in a world today that nobody has peace. You know, people driving, they have more rage. You don't even have to be in the wrong, and they'll really rank you over the coals. Peace. But for the believer of Jesus Christ, you need to understand that you can walk in the peace of God. Last night beautiful Christmas Eve service, we talked about the joy of the Lord, that we can walk in joy. Now, we all know the acronym, Jesus first, uh, others second, yourself last. But how many know that's difficult to play out? The acronym for peace is putting everything at Christ's eternal, and I put throne at the end. If you spell out peace, putting everything at Christ's eternal throne. I want you to understand something. When you understand the peace of God, it will change things. Let me read to you a story, and um, it's a little different than the story I shared before talking about what does peace look like. And so let me read you this. I thought it was great. A long, long time ago, there was a king who wanted to see a picture, wanted to see what peace looked like in a form of a picture. So he created a contest throughout his lair. And said, I want all of the artists, I want all of the creative ones to paint me a picture of what they think peace looks like. The finally, the day came of revelation of all the pictures that came in. And there were the judges. One by one, they would uncover all of these peaceful scenes of what the artists thought peace should look like. While the rivers, while the viewers clapped and they cheered The tension continued to grow. Which one? Which one would the king pick as the one that said it all? They went from picture to picture, picture to picture, and finally came down to two more. The judge, one of the judges went over, and it was a picture of a very smooth, merit lake reflecting off the green trees under the soft blue sky. Along the grassy shore was a flock of sheep grazing undisturbed, and the applause was beautiful. They could sense the peace. 
there was one last picture. And the king himself said, I'll do this one. And he pulled the cloth from the pitcher. And all you heard in the crowd was, what? No one thought this pitcher should be in all the pitchers of peace. It was a terrible, strong, turmoil waterfall. Cascading down a very deep, rocky cliff. The crowd could almost feel its cold penetrating the spray the sky was stormy. It was dark. It threatened to explode with lightning as the wind was filling the air in the midst of the thundering noises and the bitter chill. A very thin tree clung to the rocks at the edge of the waterfall. One of its branches reached out in front of the torrential waters, making it close, so close It almost could experience the power of the water, but yet farther enough where the tree could exist. But in that thin branch, in that thin branch was something amazing. It was a nest with a bird in it, content and undisturbed in her stormy surrounding. She rested on her eggs with her eyes closed and at rest, being at peace, not allowing all the earthy turmoil that was around her to cause her to panic. The first picture you see is very, very little. You could see the bird in that little nest. But as we zoom in, we see all of this taking place. And yet here's this little bird who's at peace not worrying about anything else. Can I ask you, when things have been chaotic all around you and the pressures are pulling in, do you feel peaceful? And if you don't, why? And if you do, why? I want to help you today to realize that struggles come. Jesus said, you shall have trials and tribulations, but he also said, be of a good cheer, I have overcome the world. So does that mean that Jesus has given us what we need when we need it? The answer is that is yes. But the also question we must ask is how can I experience this peace when I feel restless, when I feel upset, when something happens that I was not expecting, where I really get hit in the gut and I can't breathe? How am I going to feel the peace of God then? Well, let's take a journey and let's see what God will speak to you today. In Matthew chapter 120, verse 20 to 23, it says this, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give his name, his, he was to give his name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now listen to this. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Stop. If God is with you, how do you respond when you go through the pressure? If God is with you, how do you handle the uncertainty? If God is with you, How do you handle your problems? If God is with you, here's a big one. 
Here's a big one. How do you handle the tragedies that happen in life? We know about those things. How the suddenlies take place. When one moment the sun is shining and you're rejoicing. And the next moment, 12 hours later, it's the opposite. I can't help but the best example I have with my nephew, where here we are at a wedding, performing this wedding, having an incredible time, celebration and fun, and my nephew and my niece is so excited. And then in the morning, head-on collision on the way to the honeymoon. That's hard. That's how do you have the peace of God when one moment, you're in full joy mode, and then less than 12 hours, everything changes. Is it true that in the midst, as we talked about last night, you can have joy even when things are not going well? Isn't it also just as true that you can have peace even when things don't go your way? The answer to that is yes, because it's not the peace that this world has. It's a different peace. This world has happiness, but the happiness is only good because your barometer is happy. You know, all of you have a barometer. You know that, right? And it goes happy, not happy, sad, happy, you know. Depends on the atmosphere. But that's not how we are supposed to live. We have to set our barometer to something better. But that takes a choice of the heart, a choice of the mind. And I want to help you between last night and tonight that if you can get your perspective and put hope where it belongs and the love of God where it belongs and understand his joy and peace, I guarantee the light of God will shine in your life. Guaranteed. Doesn't mean it's all going to be roses, but it will mean God's with you and he will rise up a testimony in the midst of a test. Someone say testimony in the midst of a test. We don't like that. Test, yuck. Testimony, bring it on. I like that, yeah. But you don't have something to shout about unless you've been through some stuff. Because you learn through the stuff, and that stuff makes you what you need to be. You know, Peter went through some stuff. We'll talk about him a little bit, but I thought LT was going to steal a little bit of my thunder when he brought up Peter. I'm like, oh boy, he's on a roll. (laughs) So here's a big question. Here's a big question. Is God your source of your peace? Think about that. Don't answer it real quick. Is God the source of your peace? When things happen, can you put yourself and understand, wait a minute, wait a minute. I may not understand, but your word says God. Your word says God. Your word tells me God. See? Because right away, we're not going outward. We're going upward and reminding this is what God says to us. This is where our peace comes from. But you've got to know the author. But the only way you're going to know the author is you read the book. Someone say amen. That being said, in the back there, you can start reading your whole Bible this year by just getting one of the guides in back there. Don't leave church without it. It's like the American Express card. <laughs> is God your source of peace? Ultimately, peace is always born out of reconciliation because when you reconcile your source, it will change your relationship with God. When you recognize, when you reconcile your source, that God is going to be my source. I'm not going to look here and like, God, you're going to lead, you're going to bless, you're going to take care of because you know more than I do. Someone say amen. amen. I know sometimes we like to take the wheel. We want to be in control. But when you're in control, we usually wreck it. We usually make a wreck. 
Peace always has to do with personal relationship. And what happens is you need to get your personal relationship upward right here. Everybody, you know, I, I, I tell people all the time, I sit down with people in my office, they want to work on a relationship, but they're, they're not whole. They're, you, a broken person can't make something whole unless God heals them to make them whole. Someone say amen. So in order for something to be healthy, they have to be whole. And God wants to make people whole. And when people come together, whole people come together, guess what? Good things take place. When, but when people are not whole, then problems comes. And you know, when you make Jesus your peace, when you make him his source, he will help you. But you have to make that conscious decision. Because God is a peace and he's permanent, he's secure. And when we face difficult situation, he's there. God's peace is experienced. I'm telling you, even in the midst of chaos sometimes, when you have no idea what's going on. You know, most of us went through covid and all the whole thing there. And there was a lot of stuff that went on during that time. A lot of people who were in hospitals that you couldn't see them. So when my mom got sick from a, an infection, a, um, something went into the bloodstream for 12 days. Never saw her again. You know how hard that is to... And me and my mom were like um, our closest. We, we were close. But here's a situation, and you're involved in a situation, but you still can't go in the hospital, no matter what. See, a lot of people don't realize, but that was a tough time for many, many people because a lot of, of their loved ones, they went to hospitals for whatever cause, whatever cause. But if they didn't make it, they never saw them ever again. That's a difficult, those are times of chaos, but in the midst of it, in the midst of it. God showed up personally because he knew exactly where I was and became the peace of my chaos. When I didn't have control, I had to say, okay, God, you got this thing. And God worked all things out in a marvelous way. But people don't want to give God the chance because they want to hold the wheel. <sighs> Jesus, take the wheel. How many know that song? Jesus, take the wheel. We need to realize your peace comes greater when you say, Jesus, take the wheel. Because sometimes we steer ourselves into problems because we have our own thinking, but God wants us to have the mind of Christ. And the only way to get there is by choices in which we make. If you want to know the author, you have to read the... If you want to know the author, you have to read the... Some, some books inform, other books reform, but only the Word of God will transform your heart. I believe in reading but there's nothing like a book, like a, a river of water that continues to flow. That's the difference for all my books, and I have more books than I can count. But when I open the Word of God, that one is a continual waterfall because it's God's living Word. So let's take a little journey uh, this morning, and let's talk about God's gift of peace. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8, it says this, And there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the fields of flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shined around them, and they were terrified. But, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born, and he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to men on whom his favor rests. This is a big statement. Last night we talked about the statement, good news of great joy. 
I want to talk to you this morning about this statement right here. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor. Someone say favor. You want the favor of God. When you get the favor of God, you can do things that people say you're crazy, but they work out. Because God's on your side. Isn't it nice to know when God's on your side, you don't have to worry about a lot of stuff? Mm, 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 mm. Favor, God's grace. It's just a wonderful thing. Let's look at the promise of God's peace. Let's look at John chapter 14. Look what it says to us. Verse 26. But the counsel of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Watch this now. Catch this. Peace I leave with you. My, my peace mm, I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Catch this. Catch this. We are so often afraid of everything. Just, just recently, just recently, uh, you know this, some of I've let you know this, I, I did tell most of you, but the doctor gave me a bad diagnosis. And I told the doctor, I don't receive that diagnosis because before they gave me the diagnosis, God said to me in my prayer time, when I was going through some stuff, God said simply, one, one real clear, he said, don't worry, you're good. That's all he said to me, clear as a bill, twice, you're good. And I'm like, what does that mean, God? You're good. And so after then having a diagnosis that was not good, I said, I told the doctor, I'm not believing that because I just, in my back of my mind, I said, God, my God said, I'm good. And so the day of the surgery procedure and stuff, the doctor was all ready to do this, that, and the other thing. And he says, you know what, Brian? I was ready for this, but you know what? I don't see that any. I just don't see, I don't think we're going to find anything. And I said, well, my God said, I'm good. <laughs> and sure enough, guess what? Good. Everybody say it. I'm good. <laughs> you see, the reality is I can tell you over and over and over again, that young lady right there, how many times we've gone through so much stuff. Sometimes you go through the stuff, but you've got to hang on. You've got to know who your peace comes from. You've got to know where your source is. If you want to go on the earthly realm, you want to go this way, you're going to find up. You're going to high and dry like Bozo needs a, high, a, a better ball player. But if you let yourself go to God, you let him be your source. You're going to find a relationship building because he says to you, listen, peace, I leave you. I leave you. My peace, I give to you. Someone said, God gave me his peace. But I only can receive it when I go through the times of pressure and pain. I got to know, is that peace, is it for me in tough times? The answer is yes, but how do I get that peace, pastor? How do I really get that peace? It's called relationship. How does good relationships go through many struggles, but they survive it? Why? Because they have a good relationship. They talk, they share, they care. Good relationships that have good communication, good relationships that can communicate and share from the depth of how they feel and what they need. Good relationships that really work on better, being better together can go through all kind of stuff because it's built on a strong foundation, especially, especially when crisis is at the center. Some would say amen. I might just preach for another half an hour. <laughs> Listen to this in Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. So that means that once you come to Jesus Christ and you're justified, 
just as you haven't sinned, justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into his grace in which we now stand. We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When you get saved, God says, listen, with this package, with this gift comes all this. But are we walking in it? That's the, that's the big question. It's not the knowledge, it's the application. You see what I'm trying to say? I've been in this for a long time. And the thing is, I'm starting to say, I'm starting to catch on as I get to 40 years old. Not just joking. <laughs> so if God promised us, God gave us a gift of peace, we need to then learn. Learning of God's, of God's peace is important. Learning of God's peace is very important. You have to learn. If you don't learn about it, you can't apply it. It doesn't make a difference what you know. you got to, learning is knowing and then doing. Someone say amen. amen. Romans 15.33 says, the God of peace be with you all. And everybody said, amen. amen. The God of peace. Wait a minute. All through scripture, God is known as the God of peace. That's one of his characteristics. So the God of peace said he left us peace and that at peace that we can walk in. Look what Hebrews 13, 20 tells us. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with every, every good thing, every good for doing his will, and may he work in us what he is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. May the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. This God of peace is over all. Someone say over all. If he can be over most, number one thing that people fear, and I've been a lot of bedsides. A lot of people fear death. A lot of people fear death. And I, I tell them all the time, you never have to fear death if you have the relation with Jesus Christ. Death is just a doorway to eternity. It's nothing to be fear. What you should fear is entering death not prepared. Not preparing that Jesus is not your Savior. Then you should fear. Because then you're going to meet Jesus face to face. And that's, that's something you should fear. I want you to look at this because Jesus has done so much prophetically to share it with us. Isaiah was written about 700 years before Jesus Christ came to earth. And prophetically, Isaiah is mentioned so many times in the New Testament. 65 times in the, 65, 68 times in the New Testament. I want you to understand this. Look what it says here in Isaiah. Talks about the peace of God. Isaiah 9 says this, and you've probably seen this on Christmas cards. It's God's prophetic promise to you and that we are to learn what he wants you to understand. For us, a child is born. To us, a child is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called, listen to what it is, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. 
He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from the, that time on and forever. And watch this part now. This is a very important part. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. And guess what? 700 years in advance, we find it accomplished, creating the New Testament for you and I today. Matthew wrote about that, the fulfillment. In Isaiah chapter 26, once again, you will keep in perfect peace. Get this now, in your heart. This is a promise from God. You, God, will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. Someone say steadfast. That's a person who, when you're in love with someone, you are in love with them. Amen? So when you're in love with someone, you're just looking at the one you love. Someone say amen. This is a powerful portion of scripture. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. God says he's going to keep you at peace no matter the pressure. God says he's going to keep you at peace no matter the pain. God says he's there. He's for you. The problem is you have to cast all your cares on, watch this, on him. Not on your shoulders. Your shoulders can't bear it. You're going to wear down. You can only do so much. You can handle some, but you can't handle it all. That's why you and I need to understand this major point here. God's peace and provision found in Jesus Christ. Period. Someone say period. Period. Let me just share this real quickly with you. In Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. This was 700 years in advance provided for you our peace. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. Someone say amen. Amen. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own ways. And the Lord has laid on him, this is Jesus, the iniquity of us all. When you understand what Jesus Christ has done for you, And the whole package, you can say, God, here I'm going through some pain. Here I'm going through pressure. But your word says. Someone say that. Your word says. But you can't say that if you don't read the word. The word is a source of your strength in the time of your trouble. Did you get that? The word is a source of your strength in the time of trouble. People say, well, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. I'm okay. And when that happens, that's when I worry about it. It's too late. It's sort of like a person who says, you know what, I don't need any fire extinguishers in the building. I don't, I don't need any fire extinguishers at my house and stuff like this. Ah, the garage is fine and stuff. Just put the gas there. You know, and if I have a fire, I'll figure it out. <laughs> it's the wrong time to figure out when a fire is going. Preparation beats perspiration. Period. And when you want to, you want to perspire, In life, go ahead. Don't apply the word of God. Don't make God your source of peace. Do it your own way. Connive it. Steal it. Do it. Whatever. Do it your way. God will let you. But I'll tell you what, it's not going to work out very well. But if you do it God's way and say, here I am, God. And this is where I love Peter. Peter. How many love Peter? Oh, I love Peter. I mean, think of this guy. First, he says, you're the Christ. Lord, you're the Christ. And then God says, you are right. And then, God starts, and then God starts to say, you know, they're going to crucify me. You know, they're going to da-da. And Peter says, no way, not you, Lord. And then Jesus rebukes him and says, in Jesus' name, I rebuke you. Your thoughts are thoughts of man, 
Satan, I rebuke you. So he gets rebuked by Jesus. And then look at Jesus, look at Peter again. He, Lord, let me come on the water. Come on, Peter. And Peter walks on water. Everybody goes, Woo, he walks on water, yay! And then there goes, there goes the bubbles. Peter sinks. What does Jesus do? What does Jesus do? He immediately, the Bible says, picks him up and walks back with him. Peter learned another lesson. Peter, now, we're at five, three times, Jesus is now being, uh, going to be crucified. Three times he has a chance to say, yes, this is my best friend. Because a little bit he says, I'll die for you, Peter. And God says, Peter, the crow croaked three times, and you'll, be, you'll deny me three times before the, the crow croaks. And so sure enough, Peter denies him three times. Yet when Jesus sees Peter, what did he do? Did he ball him out? Nope. He encouraged him to feed the sheep. Encouraged him to feed the lambs. Encouraged him to feed the sheep. Do you see what God wants to do? Pick you up. Get you going. Don't live by your past. Recognize God wants to do something and bring peace into your life today so that today it makes the difference for the rest of your life. Can you say praise the Lord? Someone say God has a plan. Mm. Problems can take away your peace. It's like cold weather. Does anybody relate to this? Cold weather can take away your heat. Last night, I, you know, I know that a lot of people endeavored the cold, but I know a lot of other people said, it's just too cold. <laughs> but I tell you this, what? It was cold last night. It took away your heat real quick. But that's what pain does, and that's what problems do. That's why we need to make sure that we do a couple things. If you get your, get your pen and you get your notes, look at this. We have God's peace even in the midst of chaos and problems. So what must I do? What must I do? First, we must choose the attitude that we're going to walk in. Is it going to be God's word, godly or ungodly? Is it going to be what you think or what God thinks? Is it going to be God's way or your ways? Your attitude, it will always dictate what you do. Bad attitudes always paves a bad way. A godly attitude will always bring you, press you into God's word. Number two, we have to choose the source. Your source is everything. The source of your strength we feed off of. What are you going to feed off of, divine or human? A lot of people want to read all these books about this and read the books about this, but they forget the most important book, the one who made you, called the B-I-B-L-E, the basic construction before leaving earth. You have a choice of your attitude, the source of your strength. And number three, you have a choice, choice. What will be your focus for your life? Will God be a focus? Will self be a focus? Or will you make others focus? Are you going to try to impress, impress others? Are you going to listen to others? Or are you going to listen to what God has to say about a present situation? Problems can push us into God's presence. As sometimes problems can push us away. It's a choice that you have to make. When things have happened in my life and I've said, well, Lord, I don't understand why this took place. But then I pushed in and said, God, I don't understand. You've given me one piece of the puzzle. But with this piece, God, I don't get it. But I know eventually you're going to take this one piece and give me another piece to put together. And I'm going to start to see what you're doing here in a situation. But you're not going to get that unless you give God, bring God into the situation. Proverbs 3, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto thy own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him. Bring him in, and he'll direct your path. Someone say amen. amen. This is good stuff. I'm, getting, I'm really getting going now. I'm, I'm, I'm running. I'm landing the plane. Don't worry. Hardships can push us into God's word. 
and his promises. I hope that's God. <laughs> Believe in and act. Boy, I just lost it right there. <laughs> Believing and acting on God's word will bring God into focus because you're going to remind yourself what God is saying. You're going to, it'll bring you into his peace. It will cause your heart to settle down like, God, I know you have this. And here's the word. I trust you. Say that. I trust you. This is, <laughs> they want you badly. <laughs> Let me end this and show you this. A couple things here. So here's the question. God has given us peace to walk in. 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Listen to this instruction. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. Did you catch that? Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at what times? But how is he going to give us in all times in every way? Because you've made him your source. You've made the word of God the lamp unto your feet. The scripture talks about a lamp unto our feet. The lamp in Israel would only light a certain amount of path in front of you. It's just enough for your next step. It wasn't like these mega lights that we have today. It's just enough to light your... Because God wants to give you one step at a time. He wants you to, tr- he wants you to trust him in the journey. Some would say trust in the journey. Look at Colossians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart since as members, as one body, you are called to peace. Called to peace. And be thankful and let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs with gratitude of your hearts to God. And whatever you do, Whatever you do, whether word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. How can I walk in this peace? By simply following what God tells us to do. That's simple. It's not really complicated. Now, someone say, say, um, I guess the best thing is people say, but what if I make a mistake? Suppose I mess up. Come on, someone say, suppose I mess up. You simply, 1 John 1, 9 says, confess your sin, and he's faithful to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all righteousness. This is a relationship. He knows the frame in which we have, but it's not an excuse to mess up. Someone say amen. Amen. I've had some people say, well, God will forgive me anyhow. That is a bad relationship. Anybody who does something knowing and doesn't care, that's not a relationship with all. But when we do mess up, that's, that's, God knows the frame. That's what forgiveness is all about. David had a, a really tough life as you, we've gone through the first, first book of David, 1 Samuel, anyhow. And he had 3,000 men chasing him, army, men of God chasing him to kill him. And yet he did not fear. And yet he did feats of incredible feats. But God was with him because God he had favor with God. This is important. Psalms 4.8. I will lie down and, and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. He said that while he had all these men trying to kill him. Catch this. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Let me just close with this. Went hunting New Mexico. And before I did that, I had dreams of bears. I fought every bear possible. 
I fought grizzly bear, brown bear, black bear, and even polar bear. And every time I fought these bears in my dreams, I always won but lost, came out bloody, came out a mess. Then I find myself 3,000 feet in the mountains of New Mexico, bears all around me. And my, my friend, uh, God bless him, he, he decided to chop up his elk in the camp and just throw the, the meat in the camp. It happened to fall near my tent. And I said to him, hey, can't do this. You go bring the bears in. And he thought, that'd be great. I said, yeah, but that's my tent, and that's where my head goes. And uh, he thought that was funny. He said, well, if he goes to you, it gives me time to run. So I had to go to bed that night, knowing I had uh, meat all around my tent, knowing that we were in bear country. Now, all of the dreams I had came to that moment right there. And this has happened a couple times in life where you get this moment where fear could get a hold of you and you have to remind yourself, who is your source? This is what I said. I said, God, I will not fear. There is meat all around my head and I, I've seen the caves and I've seen all the, the scat that day as we scouted the place out and there was plenty of bears and to tell you the truth, one of the guys I was with saw the scat. That's, that's bear poop for those that don't know. And it was so big. And this is what he said. He said, this is, must have been the biggest bear I've ever seen in my whole entire life. And this guy knows his stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, great. Oh, great. He says, we should get a bear tag. I'm like, oh, no, no, no bear tag. We're not here for bear. We're here for elk. Nevertheless, I had to go to bed not allowing the fear to consume me. And I had to know who my source was. I was not going to get my mind, let my mind run away from me. And I said, I will sleep soundly. And this is what I also said to my prayer. And I will live. <laughs> and sure enough, that day, I woke up in the morning and I was alive, conquered fear. Why? Why? Because I knew the source was the Lord God Almighty, the ruler and maker of all the universe. When you understand he's your source and you don't fret, things will happen. People will do what people do. God will always make a way where it seems to be no way because he's God. And where his peace rules, he reigns. Can you stand to your feet? When you, right now, if you can, just close your eyes. Those who watch it online, I want to just, get, if you're here today, one of the greatest things you could do for this Christmas, the greatest thing you can do is give your life to the Lord. The greatest thing you can do is say, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my life. If you want to make him Lord and Savior, just say, Father, forgive me. I've sinned. I ask you to come into my life. I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. I don't want to know a little of your word. I want to know your word. I want this tangible relationship. I want to grow every day. I, th I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I thank you rising on the third day. And this day, this day, I make you my Savior, my God, to walk hand in hand, heart in heart, and to serve you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many made that prayer right there? You said you just raised it. You said that prayer. How many of you said that prayer? Amen. Amen. God wants you. So I want you to tell somebody, those online, tell somebody that you made Jesus your Savior. You gave the Christmas, greatest Christmas gift to Jesus this Christmas. You gave of yourself. 
Let me put a blessing upon you. And then we got one more thing, fun thing that I want to do. But let me put a blessing. Father, may you just bless each one here today in a very special way. Father, may they understand they can walk in peace. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding as they get into your word every day, get into prayer every day. And before they meet the face of man, they meet the face of God in prayer and in word. And God, will you direct them? May you bless their Christmas day today as they celebrate in you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at salemfirstag.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., where you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube at Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.